Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Welcome back once again the Bread and Circuses podcast. I'm your host, Rooster, with the co-host, Crow. Hello. What's with the hand signals? You're too close to the mic. <laughs> Pull that away from your gob. <laughs> gob? Yeah. Your pie eater. Pull pull the mic away a little bit. How about I just move my... Or you can do that. I can move it. Uh, don't like keep doing that back. Do and, okay. <laughs> I'll make an O with your mouth. No. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> All right. I have a controversial opinion. Are you ready? Sure. You're going to hate me for this, and so are a lot of people who listen to this. I'm kind of tired of 9-11 tributes. Okay. We're recording this on 9-11, by the way. Yes. And so. and here's why. Not I, I'm fully in support of the we should never forget thing. I, I get that. But when you turn on the news, and all day long, it's the, here's the moment of silence. Here's the next moment of silence. Here's the moment of silence in Pennsylvania. Here's the moment of silence at, you know, the Pentagon. I get it. It was a terrible thing. We don't do stuff like this for D-Day or anything like that. I realize that was a lot longer. We don't do it for Pearl Harbor. I mean, they do it at Pearl Harbor. It's just, it's like nothing else happened today. And Uh, I understand the sentiment and I'm not against the sentiment, but it's almost like the... Any news outlet is trying to say, well, if we only have 22 and a half hours of 9-11 tributes, then, well, then the other guys are going to have more than us. And we're not seen as patriotic. I mean, I mean, they, they wouldn't, they, they would get flagged for that though. That's, I know. I just, you, you, I, if I were a, if I had a show or if I was a program director for a show, I would absolutely have a great deal of my show today about 9-11. Well, I'm and, not and saying. Remembering and. Uh, honoring. People. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a great deal of it, but when they do the the two minute shots of just you know the camera panning around the tribute, um, and they're reading off the names, and I understand it means a whole lot more to those people than me 18 years later when it didn't personally affect you know my life, like I didn't lose somebody or right. um, I I just think it it's it's a lot. So I mean, at what point are we going to go? Are we going to get to the where we can talk about anything else on this day? I I was listening to some conservative talk radio today, and it's they all every program started out with a you know tribute to um, the people who died and the the first responders as it should. And but then I did hear even Hannity. You know, Hannity's very you know. He has a radio show. Very patriotic, and he'll have um, the show, um, you know, the raw raw show. And he started out with a very kind of, I mean, maudlin kind of sappy music, and the, and you know, what I'm talking about. It was like it was almost overboard. Yeah, you know, because it was like the, the music was like so sappy. It was like okay, this is not a hallmark, the audio representation of a hallmark card. Let's. You know, I, I, I want it to be dignified when you do it and not maudlin and not sappy. Mm-hmm. But I also want people to see 
the what happened. I want the I want him to show the planes hitting when yep. you're watching a show. I want to see those planes hit, and I want to see people jumping out of the building. I want to I want people to know. I want them to feel it. I guess instead of because you know the longer it goes in history, then you're not you're not right next to it when it happened. You the some of the impact is lost, and I think we need to we need to not edit out that impact. Well, and maybe that's what I'm getting at without realizing it. I. I want to see that if you're going to spend the time, you know, do it where you're you're talking to some people who survived it. You're showing the planes hit the buildings. I don't need to see the the president standing there uh, with his hand over his heart while the Navy choir sings behind him. Yeah, that that part I'm not. I think if you're the people there at Ground Zero, at any of the locations, absolutely that that should be that ceremony should happen. And I have nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I I don't personally want to see twenty minutes of the ceremony. And then it's gonna be it's gonna be covered again tonight on the news. They're yeah. gonna and what they're gonna do is they're gonna show clips of that ceremony. Now I know I I know Sebastian Gorka has got a radio show and he was doing. I kind of flipped over to his show for a little bit and he was reading names of the first responders. I think that were that were um, killed. Mm-hmm. And he not only read their names, but he did a little history or background. I don't know how many of them he did because I couldn't stick with it. I wasn't in my car long enough. But that seemed kind of interesting. And I kind of liked the idea of that where it wasn't just reading names off yeah. of 3,000 names off a list. It was actually picking and choosing, okay, just to humanize, say, hey, these weren't just random names, which is kind of – it devolves into that after a bunch of years, especially with that many people. You hear name after name after name, and you don't have an impact. But if you say, "I'm going to pick a person off this list, and I'm going to talk about their life," and and you know that person's gone, and they they weren't able to continue, I I I, I like the idea of that. I think that is important because it oh, kind of. I, I agree. Like there was one story that uh, well, in Trump in his speech talked about this one. Uh, I think he was a retired Navy guy. Maybe he was still in the Navy. He. Kissed his wife goodbye, and he said for the first time ever, he bent down and kissed his wife's pregnant stomach. It was the first time he'd done that. His wife was two months along, and then he doesn't come home. Yeah. You know? I mean, those are the kinds of things I want to remember. And I don't – I don't – I understand people can can be cynical and think, well, it's just a a good way to grab ratings by doing that kind of thing, where instead of just doing the – the standard, um, you know, salute, you know, um, patriotic music and re- reading the names and all that, but to go into the personal detail and um, people go, well, that's kind of like uh, tactless, I guess. But no, I don't think it is. I think that makes you understand exactly what happened. Was that me? That's you. Because I, I remember so, to silence my so phone. So unprofessional. Oops. I, I even moved away from the mic there unprofessionally. It's behind you there. I will silence it. Silencio right now. But I don't think there's a whole lot different than when you see like the. Um, oh, was that future guest saying thanks for setting up the, uh, setting up the interview? Are you going to tell us who it is? No. Oh, I know a, who it is. It's going to be a surprise. I'm but just I, I'm uh, feigning breathless anticipation. So next time we record, we're going to have a guest with us. It'll be fun. We might have two. It'll be fun, damn it. Yes, it will. Um, so it, it's like on Memorial Day seeing the. The president lie the or lay the uh, wreath on the tomb of the unknowns. Mm-hmm. It, it's cool photo op and everything. Do we have to watch the whole ten minute ceremony on the news? And because one news station covers it, the others think they do. And well, I I guess I 
regardless of of what content it is i i appreciate them doing it because i think people get complacent about the problem of radical islam and you got you have to remember what what uh, these jihadi types are capable of well and we have to guard against it and they go well that rose that gave rise to the um to the TSA and bullshit and, and, and less rights for us and less privacy for us. And I go, maybe, but we were kind of working our way through it as we went. And I think looking back, we understand there was missteps and there was, there was, there were things that shouldn't have been done in the, in the name of security and, and in the name of, uh, you know, going after the perpetrators and all that, you know, looking back, yeah, we made mistakes, but that's just part of the process. And I think you still have to understand that, that's totally something like that can absolutely happen again here if we let our guard down and think, oh, it's you know, it's all said and done. Yeah, but I think there's plenty of reminders of that during the day. We don't have to sit there and watch something on TV for ten minutes because because they want to cover it because they feel like if they don't, the other station's going to do it and then they're going to get accused of something. You know what I mean? Well, I, I guess you could come at it from the attitude of, well, what's do? Am I feeling entitled that I need that that? Okay, I'm. Bo- I, I hate saying I'm bored with this because I'm not. That's not what I mean, but okay, I'm, I've, I get it. I I haven't forgotten. I know what's going on. I don't need it banged over my head every. But guess what? I'm just going to turn the radio off and go about my day then and do other things on on this day. I'll I'll, I'll remember my own way. Um, if I turn on the radio and they're talking about it, if it's something like I said, Sebastian Gorka was talking about a, the personal life of one of the people. I'll probably stick around and, and stay tuned in if it's just a reading of names and, a, and talking about the wreathling or whatever. Um, I'll turn the radio off. And that's that's pretty much all it is. So I guess I'm not too overly irritated by it, I guess. Well, but it's for me, it's like if I'm going there to find news, to find out what happened, yeah. you know, I mean, we had a couple shootings in Minneapolis here or St. Paul. Yeah. We had, um, you know, there's some huge deal that... Uh, uh, Purdue Pharmacy signed over opioids. They're gonna they're gonna settle with like two thousand different local governments. I mean, this is a big deal, and they don't want to get into the details of that because you know they gotta you gotta do some more nine eleven coverage. And it's not the it's it's not the idea that we're remembering nine eleven. It's sort of this coverage of the ceremony. You know, it's like I mean, certainly for different reasons, but. Like when my kids graduate from high school, you know, I'm sure I will be excited, but I don't want to sit there and watch 300 kids file into the auditorium. I'm going to feel like, can we get on with this part? We all know what this looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we're kind of spoiled though with the 24 hour news cycle and all the access to information. We want more news. You know, we want, you know, everything given to us or handed to us when we want it. And I think that this, in this, in a situation like this, it's like step back, you know, understand the magnitude of what happened. It's a big deal. I'm not, I'm not denying that. No, I didn't, I, I didn't think you were. I'm, but you know, if you, if you catch yourself, like I do catch myself going, Oh, here we go. Here's, I just changed stations and there's the same thing going on in this station. I'm going, well, I mean, I guess I don't need information 24 seven. I can, I can, I can get by without, uh, you know, hearing about the latest bullshit that the government's pulling <laughs> or some corporations pulling. Well, and, I guess I look at it like I'm certainly not going to deny that this sounds a little bit entitled to, you know, give me what I want now. But the point I would make is I'm going to the news station to get news. I go to a restaurant to get food. I go to the grocery store to buy groceries. 
you know, I, I understand the magnitude of the day. I'm not dismissing that at all. I didn't forget about it. You know, it's important to me too. Just this constant coverage of ceremony, you know? Yeah. Like if, if they sit there and say, well, we're reading the names, uh, you know, they're cutting a commercial and for two minutes they'll sit there and, you know, you just hear this list of names, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't help my remembrance or help the, but I wonder if it almost turns some people off. Yeah. You know, who just go, Jesus, this again. I mean, for me, I know I sound like I'm saying that it's not that it's just like, how much news do we want to Well, I'm going to butcher, have? I'm going to butcher this quote and I don't even know who said it. So it's a butchered quote from someone I can't remember, but they're saying, um, a hundred thousand deaths is a statistic. One death is a tragedy. It's like know. if you, it's something along those lines saying, basically, if you're talking about a mass, like an event like this, 3000 dead, um, it just, it's hard to, it's hard to get, um, a perspective on that as opposed to something more personal where you're talking about one person, which is what I said when they said you go into that person's life and then you realize the impact with that one person as opposed to, so th- hearing 3000 people died should make you go, holy shit. Can you, you can't even wrap your brain around that. But when you personalize it with one or two people, then you, then you kind of get more of an impact and it shouldn't, but it does. That's just how we're wired. I guess I'd look at it like if someone wants to put it in perspective for me and say, we lost, you know, I can't remember the number something like 50, 60,000 people in Vietnam, mm-hmm. or we lost, uh, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of people in world war two, we lost 6,000 people on D day, you know, the invasion of. Europe. And here we lost 3,200 people in one day. And that makes you go, okay, that's something different. That's not someone laying a wreath someplace and someone reading a speech somewhere. It's that's- still really abstract to hear that though, as opposed to that. That's why I think it is important to show the footage of that day of the, of the, as it happened, newscasts when the planes and, and not to edit it out. You know, it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's probably going to make you cry or whatever, but it's, it's worth seeing. It's something that we need to see. And, and there's, there's a lot on the left that think, you know, and think that we can't handle it. And then it's all it's going to do is rile us up and make us mad and make us, um, uh, Islamophobic and bullshit like that. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess what it comes down to, I'm saying this is I'm sort of sitting on the couch here talking this out. I mean, figuratively on the couch. Um, it's just there's a lot of stuff that seems like, and this doesn't come as a surprise, in the news that's just pandering. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we got to make sure we get the shot of, uh, you know, the president the vice, or the president and his wife standing there with their hands over their heart at ground zero. And we're going to watch 10 minutes of this until we get that shot because it's live. And, but, and you, I, but, but I, you know what? To some people that have a personal experience with that, maybe family members – that's that's meaningful to see that for them. I get it. So I guess I can put up with my mild, like you and I, our mild irritation. Like, oh, here we go again. There's more of the same. But to other people, it, it's impactful and important. So I think I can I can deal with it, you know. And like you said, I don't want to feel entitled, but I do. You, you know, you, you kind of look at yourself going, am I being a prick? Yeah, kind of. Well, my point is, when does it stop with anything? You know, it, it's just like, you know, how was it? Two years ago, Prince died, the yeah. musician. And now on the anniversary of Prince dying, it's like, 
half an hour of news during the day is covered with 20 minutes of Prince tributes and stuff. And yeah. here's people downtown at First Avenue tracing, taking their picture with his uh, with his star. Oh, look, they changed his star to purple. Isn't that cool? Well, there, I mean, there are some people where that's really meaningful, though. And I'm sure there are. It. And I don't know the number, but if it doesn't cause me any kind of discomfort or irritate, I mean, I shouldn't say I'm irritated by everything. Yeah. But if it doesn't cause much. me any kind of... Um, problems i don't even know what they would be but i guess i'll let them have it because why not because if something personal that if that affected me or my family personally but it was a big event but i was personally involved in it i would appreciate people remembering it you know on the anniversary so i guess in a perfect world for me and i mean this is me building my own perfect world so take it for what it's worth uh my entitled little i want it my way thing uh is Start every newscast on a day like today of, you know, let's do five minutes of remembrance and all this stuff. And then say, we got our one-hour special we're doing later tonight of all the events of today and all the stuff you can see. And we're doing some interviews and all that or whatever. And if I want to see that, I can tune in for it. Because it, not to say that 9-11 is a huge event. It's probably the biggest one we've seen in our lifetime, you know. Well, and it did affect us also, yeah. obviously. So I'm not saying... When we say, well, personally affected, it pretty much personally affected every American. So, I mean, it's something that has to be. But here, I guess here's the, here's the question. Think about this. So I'm sure when both of the Kennedys got killed on the anniversary of that, there was a big deal. And I'm sure five years after that, there was a big deal. When did it stop? When did it stop for Pearl Harbor? When did it stop for D-Day? And so this thing that everybody says 9-11 is very important, and it is. They're dedicating all this time to it, and some some point down the road, because they'll think the audience has some fatigue, they'll just go, well, we're, we're not going to really cover this much anymore. And that's the part that I guess deep down kind of bothers me. I think that if, they're treating it like it's so important, but the second it's not, they're going to just not do it. Well, I think, if, I think um, militant Islam is still a big threat to the world. And I don't I think, disagree. And I think... Uh, while that's still going on, while it's still an existential threat to, to you know, um, the Western Western civilization, I think it's going to be important because we have to understand our threat and understand if you let your guard down that this is what they want. They want our destruction and they will go after anybody and anything to get it. So I think while that's still a, a problem and a threat, or it's it's going to be something that we have to keep. Uh, cognizant of no and i agree i would much rather see somebody with some uh authority on the subject get on there and say look on this day of 9 11 here's the thing we need to keep in mind and then give me some facts and some news about it other than just 10 minutes of watching a choir sing someplace you know well, i mean we could give get, me give a, me something i can we use. could get a congresswoman to tell us that some people did something <laughs> did something God, yeah i really don't like her you shouldn't have voted for her, man. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, she's your that representative. That did not happen. She's it never your, will happen. She's your representative. For multiple reasons. Does she not represent she your area? She does not. Oh, okay. <laughs> she represents my area, supposedly. No, she she does. I'll bet you I'll talk to a bunch of uh, Somalians and they'd say, no, she doesn't represent uh, us. They're going to say she's dating a white guy and her, her Somali husband's she, a cuck. She's an infidel. Yeah, that's what she's going to say. All right. Um, but, I, but, I'm fully aware, by the way, that this whole conversation makes me sound like an entitled prick. I'm aware of that. 
Well, I mean, I think everybody listening might have that feeling too, if they're not personally, I mean, like, like with a family member or a friend that was, that was killed in 9-11, they're going to be like us. It's like, yeah, we were affected by that. The whole nation was, but there is a distance between us and, and the actual event. And, but that's why I think it's important to see the actual footage of it to go, holy shit, that happened. Yeah. No, I, that part I agree with. I just, this. This uh, constant covering of ceremonies, with you're not really, yeah, that part I'm not. You just covering it, just cover too, it. Too keen on that part's good for like, t- like I said, for people that were personally affected by it. But yeah, um, but that I would like to segue onto John Bolton, um, getting fired. As he quit personal as a secretary of defense. Uh, is that what he is? Security advisor, national security okay, advisor. Yeah, no, not even close. Okay, yeah, national security advisor. So they were so first of all, I think it's funny that Trump goes, Yeah, well, I, I had him resign. Bolton goes, He did not, I quit. I quit. You know, he didn't fire me, I quit. It's like who cares? Everybody who's ever been fired from a job said they quit. And everybody well, who who's had an employee who quit on him goes, I fired. And technically he wasn't fired. He was told, Get out of here. Well, maybe like, maybe he quit. Maybe he give was me your fired. Res- give me your resignation is it's both. It's like you, you, you can tell that they – if it was a firing, you'd be like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not taking your reservation because you're fired, bitch. <laughs> well, but my point is I think they take them just because they always say, you know, you can turn it in. but uh, And it's a formality. But whether or not – I mean, either Trump said, fuck this guy, and he's out of here. Or Bolton said, screw you, man. I'm leaving. It, <laughs> he doesn't have the job anymore. Who cares? You know, it's over. But what I find hilarious about this whole thing is the left fallen all over themselves when he, he picked Bolton to say that guy is a war hawk. He just wants to blow everything up, which I think is probably true. Um, you know, that he's just his his attitude towards everything appears to be send in more troops. I mean, those don't work. Send in more and more troops. Uh, they had a problem with Bolton being picked. And now that Bolton's not there, it's like, well, look at the instability. You know, yeah, of course. I mean, first it was Flynn and he was there for a month and he was there for a month because I believe and I think there's some evidence to support this, that the FBI set him up, that they they got him for lying about something that. Well, Comey even brought up some bullshit about how he was laughing about how disorganized the Trump administration was and how he could just walk in and interview a guy. (laughs) Fucking idiots. Yeah. God, I hate Comey. What a piece of shit that guy is. Yeah. Um, but then H.R. McMasters was in there for like a year and a half after him. I can't remember why Masters left. But then uh, Bolton's been there. And they're like, this will be his fourth one in, uh, in, you know, less than three years or whatever. Well, okay. People turn over in those positions a lot. The first guy is not there because of any instability. He's there because the FBI went after him. Whether you think that was right or not, that's why he's gone. Again, I can't remember why Masters... H.R. McMaster's wasn't there for very long. I mean, 15 months or whatever. And now he let Bolton go because he thought he made a mistake with him. So they'll say the guy will never admit that he's wrong. But in firing the guy, he's basically admitting that he's wrong. So there's just, there's no winning. You know, he pick, they picked the wrong guy. And now that they picked that guy, you know, now he's, now he's out. But that just proves that Trump doesn't know what he's doing. There's a, a meme, Steve King. 
put a video out of uh, Pennywise flying with a bunch of balloons. Mm-hmm. You see that in the ad for the no. new It movie. It looks like a like a bunch of balloons in a pyramid, and it's Pennywise from It. And it goes uh, in the video. John Bolton leaves White House, and it's <laughs> <laughs> they'll float down here. It's actually pretty funny. So, did you have other stuff on this? Because otherwise, I want to use the Pennywise uh, segue. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I have not read It Chapter Two, and I thought based on sorry people, spoilers coming. Based on the way that, uh, um, based on the way that it ended, that Pennywise wasn't around anymore, you know. But whatever. I mean, they did the same thing with another spoiler coming up. Flag in a lot of Stephen King's books. But so apparently, in it chapter two, um, Pennywise kills a gay couple, and. Now the LGBTQ alphabet people are going nuts over it. And Stephen King's catching a bunch of shit about it. And even though he said, no, it's vital to the story and here's why and explained it to him. And they're like, nope, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, you killed, you ki- you fake killed some people in a book. It just shows your hatred. I mean, Stephen King, who's been after the president like every day to the point where he sounds like he's one of these unhinged lefty allies now. Right. I mean, he's just fallen all, he's gone past the Alec Baldwin range, just, you know, yeah, making stupid comments. And I've liked Stephen King's books in the past, and I probably haven't read one for 15 years, not because I have some problem with well, it. I thought he was a good author, but, and it, when I read that in high school, it scared the living shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was fantastic. Uh, and I, I followed him. I read all kinds of Stephen King books. I, I read all the uh, the Dark Tower books. Yeah, the, the books just kind of ran out of gas for me. I, I yeah. mean, if you read enough of one author, if they don't really change their format, you you kind of start. Yeah. If you've read twenty books by one author, you you kind of know what's coming. Well, on the he, next one. he kind I noticed during for the Dark Tower stuff that he, once he got he got into a car or a car struck him while he was walking along the road. Yeah. And uh, he seemed to compl- kind of changed his whole outlook and the way he wrote after that. And he was in the middle of writing like one of the final Dark Tower books. And it got to be almost like all about him. He like inserted himself into the story. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done with you. Yeah, I think stupid. we talked about this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, he just, yeah, he just did that. And it was, I don't know, it kind of... The point is I stopped reading Stephen King at one point, not because I have any political objections to him, but the left is beaten up on him now and he's doing the, no, 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 I'm on your side. No, I'm with like, you. I'm with you. Totally. We don't care. Yeah. You're, you're obviously a homophobe. It's like people. It's this fucking story. He didn't actually kill any yeah. gay people. And he's people. not advocating killing gay people. As a matter of wait, fact. Wait, wait, I thought he was. As a matter of fact, the bad guy in the story is the one who kills gay people. Wow. Wait a second. That can't, that can't it's be. It's not like he he made a protagonist, made somebody that you think, that guy's awesome, and then had him turn around and kill gay people. And like, wait a minute. Well, but you know what the funny part of this was? For reasons I can't figure out, and I, I'll, I'll take their word for it, but uh, a lot of people in the gay community were saying uh, Pennywise sort of became this gay icon after the first movie. Yeah, I, I just heard Which that today, get, too, and, they and were, I don't know where did that come from. Well, I don't know, but they said they uh, the kind of uh, couple, the fantasy couple they pictured was um, Pennywise and this uh, uh, Babadook. The, yeah, the Bob, Mr. Babadook. Yeah, the bad guy from that movie, and they're like, well, not anymore. Not only he's killed a gay person. Well, here's my question. 
if if you're so offended by him fake killing fake gay people in a fake story, why didn't you have why didn't you have a problem when he was tormenting and killing and eating small children? Well, it's weird to make somebody like that a gay icon. He's a fucking creepy murderous clown. You are trying to equate a creepy murderous clown to the gay community. That's not a good look. I I don't know. It just it points Isn't out that, that something you'd want to be far away from. Well, in going back to in a way going back to what I first started out with the nine eleven thing, we get way more bothered by stuff that we feel directs or directly affects us. So I understand some people being like, "Hey, you know he he, he killed uh, killed gay couple in this. That sucks." I mean, I have I have kids and I I look at it totally differently now. I can't I can't read that book. You know, no. with bad things happening to little kids, I just, I can't do it. Um, but I'm not going to go after Stephen King for writing a book where little kids get hurt in it. No. I'm not going to say he hates children or something. And I'm not going to suddenly go, well, now he's a terrible writer. Yeah. I'm going to go, yeah, I don't, I don't want to read that book. Well, I mean, I guess I'm, so I, I guess I'm, I never was uh, Put in a context, like if somebody shits on white people, I get irritated in a movie or a book. So like uh, Ava DuVarnay, we've talked about her in the past, the director. She directed A Wrinkle in Time, the remake of A Wrinkle in Time. It was basically, you know, it was like, yeah, I, fuck white people. This is about, a, a, in her words, a kinky, kinky, a black kinky haired girls everywhere or something like that. That's the focus of what I'm, it's like that, okay, bitch, fuck you. Then I'm not going to pay attention to your movie. So I never was a fan of her. And now she has a Netflix documentary out that was called um, How They See Us. And it was about the um, uh, the, the five uh, black uh, teens that uh, raped a jogger in. Uh, Allegedly. In, they did it. Uh, in uh, New York, in Central Park. Central Park. So the, the Central, Central, Central Park, Park Five. So basically they're saying, well, they were exonerated. They weren't exonerated. And she made this documentary. To say, hey, look, they were they were locked up by in a system where they shouldn't have been in, and they were they were exonerated, um, and they're free. And um, this uh, white jogger woman have she has no sympathy for her. She doesn't talk to her at all. She doesn't have any kind of um, any doubt that they didn't they weren't involved in this. Well, these fuckers did it. They they beat this woman like ridiculously so that like i mean her eye socket was fucking broken they she almost bled out they they beat her and they if they didn't specifically just rape her they went through the motions of raping her and then they left her for dead and then some piece of shit rapist showed up and go oh hey there's a woman who was just fucking beaten laying there i'm gonna rape her so that was their exoneration well the only dna they found was from this piece of shit rapist so these guys are innocent well fuck you they all admitted to it oh it was coerced if you watch it and i did watch there's hours upon hours on YouTube if you want to look at their confessions. They weren't coerced confessions. These fucking idiots. They were idiots. They they went on a beating spree. They found a lone jogger woman. They got together. They beat the shit out of her and then went through holding her down and raping her. Now, they might not have gone through the whole act of, uh, you know, from beginning to end, but they did it. There's no doubt about it. To see, to, to, to see Ava DuVernay make this video and then see interviews of her. And see shows where they act like these guys are fucking heroes. 
for being incarcerated for this and then getting a, a big fucking million dollar settlement when she shows up in these um, shows and she meets them in person. It's like she wants to fuck them. She's got this giant fucking grin on her face and she's like peering at him lovingly. She went up to a group of them on stage when they had some sort of uh, speaking engagement and she goes up to him with this giant smile on her face and she's touching their cheeks. She's like, oh, you both are so great. It's like, fuck you. The only reason you're making this because you fucking hate white people. That's got it. That's the only reason. That's her in a nutshell. If, it, if it's if it's um, black guys being uh, arrested or being put into the prison um, prison system, that uh, there's something wrong with that because that's a that's a um, colonial white institution. Fuck white people. And um, that white woman that got raped and, and damn near murdered. Yeah, who fucking cares? She's white. So yeah, I'm gonna get worked up about that. So yeah, I guess I can see people getting worked up on the other side. I don't. I don't see you getting worked up. Well, did I miss that part? <laughs> <laughs> I was very calm and collected on that. Yeah, sure you were. Well, I understand. You know that people can be personally affected by this stuff. It's like, do you you take it too far? If you watch the movie where they, well, you know, a great example for me is the um, uh, Key and P- Jordan Peele movies. Yeah. Right. I liked get out i liked us and then i there was part of the ending i kind of wanted to explain to me because you know i didn't exactly know what it was and the examples i got were like well here's how it applies to society as a whole and i'm like i just i kind of wanted to know why that thing happened with that person i don't need the big context behind it and if you look back through the movie and everything you know like if i see they uh if there's if there's a movie where Bill Burr has this great joke about it, he goes, when are, when are we going to start making, when are we going to stop making the hate white people movies? Yeah. He goes, I, I get it. He goes, Roots. I saw it. And he goes, I wanted to turn it off. It's like, you turn it back. You're like, oh, he's still hitting the guy. It's going to go on all week like this. He goes, all right, I get it. He <laughs> right. goes, so my ancestors were terrible. But his point was, he goes, and then the eighties, you got a football movie about how some white guy was terrible. And then he goes, and now they've got one about, it's called pride. It's about the first black swim team. He goes, I got to be honest. I don't care. <laughs> he goes, is that how far we've gotten? Is there really some like, he goes, why is the white guy in there? Who's against him? This over the top racist guy. Like you're not going to let black people in the pool. Are you kind of thing? He goes, nobody's like that. He goes, that kind of racism just isn't out there. He goes, real racists kind of look around a little bit and go, is anybody looking? <laughs> and, and, then say whatever they're going to say. Oh, it's Black Appreciation Day at the pool. Let's go uh, to the movie theaters instead. That's yeah. that's the racism. That's yeah. that's the yeah. kind of stuff you're looking at. You're not looking at that Negroes in the pool. I'm going to go up and tell the manager to get those Negroes <laughs> out of that pool. Yeah, get out of the pool. Don't let that water in your mouth, kind of thing. I mean, there's nobody doing that. I mean, maybe back in the '50s. Okay, cool. And if somebody did that now, most people would just be like, "Whoa!" But you know, I I guess. Everybody can be offended by stuff. I'm not going to, if I, if I see that guy in that movie, I'm just going to go, really? I'm not going to be like, this person's movies are all terrible. I I agree with you on the Ava DuVernay. She's got a whole different agenda on her stuff. She's over the top. She's changing. We've said this many times. She's changing a wrinkle in time, which is a classic book to fit what she wants to say and saying, this is a movie about this. No, it's a story about something else. You you basically just changed it. It's cultural appropriation is what it is. Yeah. And they, they talk a big game about that on the on the left. But when they actually do it, which happens quite a bit, 
and you know try to change it. We don't get all worked up about it if it's good and it and it like uh, Hamilton's a good example. The play I personally am irritated by Hamilton because I'm irritated about a lot of shit. But um, everything according Hamilton to is basically it seems to me like cultural appropriation. It's like yeah you know we could tell you the story about um, the founding of America and the founding fathers and um, you know keep it true to the true to the the history. But what we're going to do is we're going to make, we're going to turn all the founding fathers into ethnics, quote unquote, non-whites. And, uh, you know, we're not doing that to say, hey, fuck you white people. We're just doing that because uh, it's going to be kind of a novelty and then we can do hip hop and we can make it all kinds of artsy and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but deep down, it's fuck whites, right? And we're going to take the guns out because, you know, we can't have guns. Deep down, fuck whites and fuck their guns, right? Okay, I get it. I get it. It's entertaining. It's, you, got, it's got some catchy tunes to it. I get it. I get it. But fuck whites, really, right? <laughs> you take that way farther than I would. I know. But and then at, let's do some would you rathers, and I want to get another example of something you took way farther than I would have. All right. Let's get the 3,000 would you rather questions. Oh, we're, we're making a little chunk into it. It's about an inch thick book, and we're about six millimeters through. Yeah, it's good. You can't do metric and... <laughs> You can't say we're, it's an inch thick book and we're a millimeter, this many millimeters. Well, What's the matter with this you? This book is like a metric crap load of questions. Yeah, and half of them are good. Okay. I mean, the, let's face it. The reason we've gotten through the last three pages is because you just went, nope, nope, yeah. not doing I that I noped one. out of a whole page, I think. All right. Would you rather get rid of all the hatred and racism on earth or remove every single disease, and here's in quotations or in parentheses, not illnesses, only diseases from the planet. So would you rather get rid of hatred and racism on earth or remove every single disease? I've got... Uh, diseases, because that will actually kill you. Number one, diseases, because, yeah, because fucking diseases. Number two, I wouldn't want to get rid of all the hatred and racism on earth because that Because that's what free. fuels you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on a sec. That was... Uh, that was worthy. That was good. Um... No, because that gets that that goes into free will. People need to have free will. If you can, you can have the free will to hate. So well, if people, you don't have the free, it, it's basically if you had a utopia where everybody was pleasant and nobody had any um, ill thoughts, we would not be human beings. People will just pick something else. Yeah. If you've ever read, well, that's why they said not just racism; they said hatred. I mean, if you got rid of hate, how we wouldn't be humans anymore. We'd be robots. We'd be machines. Everybody at some point needs a healthy dose of hating yourself. You know, I mean, it, there's a point where you gotta. Well, if you're out of shape, you gotta look in the mirror and go, "You and fucking slob." There, there are external targets that are worthy of our hate. I, and we'll be talking about a couple of them in a in a little bit in here on one of the stories I'm gonna bring up. <laughs> well, my point is, you, extreme emotions in moderation are a good thing. Yeah, you can't dwell on it. I mean, yeah. you can't be consumed by hate, but hate is a good response for certain things. Uh, you. If, like I said, if you didn't have that kind of a response, if you didn't have any hatred in your heart, you you would be a robot. There's you would a, be human. There's a healthy amount of self-loathing that causes you to change bad behavior. You need that. Otherwise, you just have complacency. Yeah, but and, and, and also, if you got rid of if you got rid of hate, which is basically the same as loathing, you're not ever gonna look. You're gonna look at yourself with rose-colored glasses all the time. You know, well, and you have to hate certain things in order to keep them from from spreading like I, spiders. I, I hate spiders. I hate communism. Well, yeah, communism and spiders. 
The difference is when there's communism in my house, I can't call Plunkett's. Yeah. That was a good one. All right. Would you rather bribe someone or blackmail someone to get what you want? Uh, bribe. Bribe. Blackmail's just, that's just nasty. low down and dirty. I mean, bribing is nothing to be proud Here's of either. Here's the thing. If but... somebody did something bad enough that, it, that I would, would be able to blackmail them for, it, for it, I'd want them to get caught for it. Oh, here's the, here, you know, a good example. You find, every parent, I think, has said this. Would you, in a way, look, you bribe your kids, you know? Right. Not all the time, but sometimes you go, listen, if if you will just sit down and be quiet for an hour while I go do this thing or whatever, you can play your iPad the entire time. Kids like, cool deal, you know? But you wouldn't go, at least I don't think any decent parent would be like, if you don't sit down and shut up, I'm going to tell mom about the thing you did. And then... Shit's really going to go back. Remember bad. that time you shit your pants? <laughs> I'm going to go to school and tell, tell all your friends. classmates that you shit your pants. I have threatened to blackmail my kids a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any decent person would say bribe well, or blackmail. I saw this thing about this kid who he did something wrong. I mean, it wasn't anything major, but his dad showed up in a Speedo at school with a whistle, like blowing it, ran up to him at school, like during a recess or something and hugged him in like this little blue speedo or whatever. And the dad had a dad bod and the kids are all looking at him and he goes, yeah, you ever do that again? I'm going to show up every day to school like this nice. kind of thing. Yeah. I guess that's blackmail. I guess it is. So yeah, it depends on the degree, but when you think of blackmail, I would think bribing. So yeah. one more. Yep. Hmm. I don't know if this one's kind of dull, but now that I said it, now I got to say it. Yeah, um, no kidding. Cut I should it just up. skip them. Uh, would you rather go on a treasure hunt around the globe or trace your family history? I would absolutely re- like to go on a treasure hunt around the globe. Family history. Tracing family history is just dull. Yeah, not for me. My grandpa was adopted, so. Yeah, but like nobody to. cares about you and your family. I do. <laughs> yeah, but we don't. I don't care. So go on the go I don't on the, ca- I don't care about you not go caring. On the, go on the treasure hunt, I don't, and then you have stories to tell about your treasure hunt, which people would care about because there's probably some interesting stories about different locations and cultures. And I'm indifferent to your indifference. Yeah, I was just it was a callback to our first story about not caring about 911 because you <laughs> you're such a heartless bastard. Yeah, I isn't think that, that wasn't that wasn't that the point of the whole I think story that, that was you don't care exa- about 9/11? Yeah, that was my exact. Quarter. That's what I remember. I don't care about 911. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Because it didn't affect you personally. Yeah, exactly. We don't care about your family history. It doesn't affect yeah. us personally. You know, all, all 9-11 does is reminds me that I can't meet my loved ones at the airport gate anymore. Damn it. You know? <laughs> well, that was good. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So I know we're going to disagree on this one because we talked about it and we disagree. First of all, the, the story is Jamel Hill, who is a former writer and host for ESPN. Female. Yeah. Sounds like a male name. Jamel? Yeah. Uh, I would have thought that would have been Jamil. Who a, knows? A variation of Jamal. Yeah. Anyway, Jamel Hill is... Uh, anyway, she... Uh, Sorry, didn't mean to that much noise. Pouring yourself a shot of wild turkey. I, I put it away and it made a lot of noise. Yeah, he did. Sorry. Uh, Jamel Hill, who used to write for ESPN, used to be a TV host, got fired from ESPN for calling Trump a white supremacist. She's always been sort of a race baiter and everything. Um, and she wrote an article recently, I think it was for the Atlantic, which I have to say, based on Jamel Hill's history and my experience reading her stuff, I it was total eye rolling, but I heard from another source, no, you got to read it. And reading the article, it did change my opinion on what she was saying. Um, and I think she made a point. The point was that uh, black athletes, really elite black athletes, 
uh, high school athletes should start looking at going to um, historic black colleges instead of going to what she calls white schools. That's the white school part bothered me when she said that. But her point was the Alabamas, the Clemsons, I'm talking about like football here, the USC's schools that are generally mostly white enrollment and have these huge endowments, you know, Harvard, all these schools, um, Harvard for different reasons, not athletics, but um, she's talking about these schools and how, you know, if these black athletes really want to do some good and she understands that there's a financial um, sacrifice they have to make, maybe they should start going to some of these historic black colleges that used to be great schools when, yes, it was during segregation, um, but because these schools really suffer because they don't get the best athletes there. And one of the guys she talks about in the article, he looked at one of these schools and it was a big story because he looked at, but eventually he wound up going to one of the, I can't remember if it was Alabama or one of those sorts of schools, you know, uh, um, SEC school or whatever, because, you know, he could and they'd take him and they have a great, great rate weight room. And, uh, you know, he's, whether he's got a shot at the NFL or not, he's got a hell of a lot better shot at the NFL with those than he has with the other ones. And I looked at this and thought, you know, I think she's got a point. I think she's talking about uh, having some principle here and making some sacrifice for the good of a larger cause. And the example she used was the Fab Five from uh, Michigan, Chris Weber, uh, Jalen Rose. I can't remember the other guys, but I think three of those guys wound up going pro. No clue. They were fr- they were a freshman group of five guys who I think knew each other and decided to go to the University of Michigan. Great. And they took the University of Michigan to the championship game. Okay. If they'd have done that at another school, you know, a Grambling or something like that, they would have taken that school to the Final Four. And that would have been a great thing for them. It would have really helped that school. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, that helps – that helps other, or there are other people who've done the same thing, you know, done some self-sacrifice without it being a racial thing. And I know you disagree. Well, my only response to that would be, really, nigga? Because <laughs> uh, the only reason she's saying that is because she wants to promote um, a his, quote-unquote historically black school over what she would consider white schools, even though I don't consider colleges white or black unless you call yourself like a historically black college okay then you're a black college you probably have white students in it but you're consider yourself a quote-unquote black college which i think is bullshit um most colleges i don't consider a white college i consider a college for anybody who wants to attend or has the uh gpa to attend or whatever so to have her say well you should guys should make this fucking sacrifice and you should go to a black college to raise that black college up why her attitude is fuck whites yet again. Yeah, I don't know if I'd take it that far, but I mean, I, I understand your point. I mean, when she's calling it a black college versus a white college, I, I get it. Although the historic black colleges are sort of self-named, the white schools aren't, you know. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like I, I don't think you I don't think you need to promote that aspect of, of schooling. If you think like she does, that there's a benefit to promoting and attending black colleges for black students that that yeah of course you're going to want to have all the best athletes and all the best teachers black of course not white 
um, attend that and, and raise their status and say, see, blacks are succeed, succeeding. We got plenty of athletics and, and, and academics and look at how great we are. Wakanda forever. <laughs> you know, so but that's that's that it, it comes from a place of resentment is what I'm getting at. It's she's peddling this as if it's well, I mean, this is a good reason. Well, I mean, superficially, sure. But if you dig down into it, it's basically more, more, less separate, less, less, dis, less have a distinction between the races and let's highlight that this race can do so much better. It's like, why don't we just say as people, we can get together and we can make a college great. This, this college has um, a mixture of Asians, Latinos, blacks, whites, uh, Samoans, whatever, you know, um, and it's a great school. Everybody's welcome here. You're welcome to come here and, and contribute to this school. Right. But she's saying if they went to that school, they would help make that school great. But the reason she wants them to go there is because it's black. Yeah. Ultimately. That's that's what I'm getting at. How How's it different, though, than like, say, pick a school like uh, University of Wyoming. Like they're they're not really good okay. at football. So and why don't we stuff. send all these great athletes over there? No, but my my point is, let's say the best quarter the best high school quarterback in the country goes to a high school in Wyoming you know why is that different than people in Wyoming saying come on you should go to the university here and he's going well but if I go play at Alabama I got a better shot at being a pro athlete and they're going right but if you play here you'll do really well and the school will do really well so if if his motivation is to help the community there and he maybe he wants to live there or he has family there great that's a good motivation. No, I'm I'm saying in the first case, Jamel Hill's argument, you know, that black kids should go to black schools to help those schools. How's that different than the Wyoming, Wyoming is whatever people from Wyoming are called. You know, yeah, what would you call it? Sheridanites. How's uh, that? Listeners, uh, <laughs> yeah. shoot us an email. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, Wyomians? Wyomians? I, I don't know. You just cut out the G? Wyomians? Yeah. Oh, I see. So you're just appropriating their letters now. So uh, how how is that different than them saying, hey, we think you should come here and help right. us? Because they don't, because that school doesn't it consider itself segregationist. Doesn't but aren't they considering, why? just by saying that, aren't they considering because to be, it is Wyoming to be white school, historically white? No, no, no. Aren't they considering, if they're saying, hey, you should play for Wyoming, aren't they sort of saying, because Wyoming's better than Alabama? I mean, people here are better than people there. You should come play here and help us because helping them is less noble. No, I think they would be saying that because we understand that those other schools have more clout and more influence and more money and more. So they've already got all that. It's not going to hurt them like in the long run to have you come here, but you would help us immensely if you came here. I can understand that argument. But isn't that the argument Jamel Hill's making? It is, but the only reason, the underlying reason is the problem I have. The underlying reason is resentment of white people and white society. That's, that's the underlying reason. Based on her history. Right. From her history. From her history. I would agree with you on this, this argument or this article, the argument it makes just taken without that history. I, I have a hard time disagreeing with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, but that's the problem I'm having with this. It's, it's a spin. It's a spin. It's a palatable spin. She's putting to, to su support her segregation attitude, her racism, her resentment. That's what that is. Well, She's black. So she can't be racist. Right. 
But you get what I'm getting at, though. I, 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 I could totally see this scenario being what she's claiming it is if you take out the racial aspect. But there, you can't take out the racial aspect because what she's saying is black kids come into this black school, make this black school, black school awesome, and then we'll really show them. Well, fuck you. Uh, why don't you, we don't care? Most white people, especially when it comes to sports, they don't care about the color of anybody. They care about the numbers. Are you good at what you do? Are you, are you charismatic? Do you bring in a crowd? Do you bring in money? Great. We want you. We don't care. We don't care what race you are. Except in golf. In golf, those white guys don't want the darkies playing with them, right? Oh, uh, do they? Well, Tiger was. Well, Tiger Woods cobbling Asian, so I guess that's. I think it was uh, Cobblin Asian. What's that? Caucasian, black, and Asian. I don't Coblin, know. Yeah, that's what he said. Case but there's, uh, you know, there's, well, the what is it? The Masters you play the Masters at one of the club doesn't allow women and. Well, let's face it though, we really yeah. don't need Jews in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you really, said it. Nigga? <laughs> <laughs> even even he was upset that I said that. That was, a, that was a joke, y'all. The guy who says that. I don't know who that is. <laughs> my son, my soundboard dude. All right. What else you got? Uh, one more story I really wanted to get to here. One of our listeners sent this to me. A female listener. Well, actually, a couple listeners actually sent this to me. So this was interesting because I get I get listener emails. Do you? Uh, I get listener adulation. You get uh, all kinds of um, ads. And whatnot for an email saying, hey, upgrade your account and that kind of shit, don't you? Well, Spam is what you get. Speaking of which, real quick, it would be interesting for those of you who have not gone to our Facebook page, go to it and check. There is a post I put on there a um, couple days ago. It's a Native American, you know, sort of those, like, I can't think of any other sort of those tin type old timey pictures sitting on a what looks like a buffalo rug or something with a rifle and a pistol and mostly our, you know, my posts there get, get us, you know, 20 to 40, you know, people reached and interactions. engagements. Yeah. And interactions in the dozen or so. Um, and then today I posted something about, uh, um, the whole Pennywise thing. Well, in the first 10 minutes of that Pennywise post, I got, 10 people reached in this native American post. It basically said when the government says you don't need a gun and it showed the picture, it was a meme and it says you need a gun, go get a gun. That one got five people reached. So it was very obvious that because it said you need a gun, Facebook choked it down. Yeah, but we all know, I mean, Facebook is one of the most egregious, um, practitioners of suppression. I know, but it's one thing to hear about something and it's another thing to, See it happen right in yeah. front of your eyes. Um, oh, I'm getting a call from Sparrowhawk. Again? Yeah. I'm going to take it really quick here. Okay. All right. Should I put it on? I'll put it on a speaker. So, uh, Sparrowhawk, we're recording an episode right now, and you're calling in uh, again. So, w- w- what would you like to say? No, I didn't think you were recording already. I have nothing to say. I don't watch the news anymore. It's too depressing. So, so is this something that uh, can't go out over the airwaves for everybody to hear? Uh, yeah, I got your, I got the uh, little battle hatchet in the mail today, so I was going to bring one over. Oh, and what? Explain this for our listeners. What you ordered for us, for you and me? <laughs> well, I ordered what I thought was it was well, it was explained as a Viking hawk, and I think I just did an impulse buy. A Viking throwing hatchet. 
Straight from the uh, straight from the Scandinavian world of China. Yeah, it was over. It was from China. Yeah, so. China. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you are you at bunker two? Yeah, we're at the bunker recording. All right. All right. Talk to you later. later. All right. So surprise, surprise, Sparrowhawk is an impulse buyer too. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, that's just more of the same bullshit with with Facebook. I mean, Facebook is is not gonna last. Yeah, everybody that has interesting things on Facebook that thinks that you want to keep like pithy retorts to somebody's bullshit, uh, copy and paste it and keep it because Facebook won't be around much longer. I don't think. I think it's gonna be MySpace in three years. Yeah, um, but you Wouldn't did. It'd be funny if MySpace came back. You did do like a little passive aggressive shot at me. On it the was, one before it wasn't passive aggressive. The one where you said that, where you told, where I said to you, you know what, Rooster, I think I'm going to edit out the first 18 minutes of our, of our, our last episode. It's just, uh, it's just too much personal information. And I mean, I did, it wasn't like I was worried about doxing or anything, but it was like, I was, uh, it was too much to a situation where other people that I know are involved that I just didn't want to cause any kind of controversy. You know, you get it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mum's the word. And then, so he, he posts on Facebook. Oh, I thought you were just. You were just going to be ranting again. Yeah. Something about white people. Yeah, so he posts on, oh, Crow wanted to delete 18 minutes. It was too personal for him. Tisk tisk. <laughs> I didn't put tisk tisk. Well, yeah, that was the impression I got. No, but I, I wasn't passively aggressive about that at all. I was flat out aggressive. I okay. said, yeah, nobody wants no to hear really about him. Nobody cares about him anyway. Yeah. I yeah. don't think that, is that passive? I thought that was pretty much coming right out and saying it. Mm-hmm. No. So, well, let's get to our next step. Passive aggressive would be, he thinks he's special. Okay. You know, all right. Very Midwestern. (laughs) Uh, So this story was sent to me by a female listener and uh, Sparrowhawk also sent this along. Court rules state must pay for child rapists gender confirmation surgery. It's gender gender confirmation surgery now. That's what they're calling it. And they've got a, uh, a mugshot of this piece of shit. On here, and he looks like a fucking linebacker. So it's very judgmental of you. Yeah, you're being very judgmental. He's, he's got the jawline of a. Uh, you ever watched Maniac Cop, the movie? It's like from the no. '70s, I think, or '80s. Maniac Cop. So there's this actor um, who played the Maniac Cop. He was in a, a couple other horror movies, but he had like a weird condition where he had like this weird bloated jaw. Like he just had this huge jawline. Um, okay, that's what this. This person looks like maniac cop with long hair. So this is by Holly Matkin from Blue Lives Matter was the website. Oh, um, yeah. I know who that dude is. Yeah, that dude's. What, maniac cop? Yeah. Yeah, so this person has that jawline. So anyways, here's the uh, article. Mason Edmo, who no, now goes by the name of Andre Edmo, was convicted of sexually abusing a child under 16 years of age in Boise, Idaho. A federal appeals court has ruled that the state of Idaho, of all fucking places, Idaho, the one place I was going to, you know, bug out to when shit hits the fan because, you know, it's Idaho. So the federal appeals court has ruled that the state of Idaho must provide gender confirmation surgery to a convicted sex offender who was born male, but identifies as a woman. 
Andre Edmo, 31, was convicted of sexually abusing a child under 16 years of age and has been incarcerated at a men's prison south of the city since 2012. Edmo previously went by the name of Mason Dean Edmo, according to Heavy, which is a, another website. The transgender inmates' attorneys have alleged that denying Edmo the taxpayer-funded gender confirmation, confirmation surgery would constitute cruel and unusual punishment. And, federal, and a federal judge agreed. On Friday, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the judge's 2018 decision. Here's a quote. It really comes down to, is this medically necessary care and treatment? Unquote. One of Edmo's attorneys, Deborah Ferguson, told uh, KIVI, it's a news station, quote, we provided the court with some very, very high-quality expert testimony about the care and treatment necessary for her gender dysphoria, which is severe, and the medical, medically necessary treatment is gender confirmation surgery. Fuck you very much. It just bugs me that they're calling it confirmation surgery. Here's the thing. She even said, um, um, this attorney said, gender dysphoria. They're getting the the... The the training community is trying to get away from this whole gender dysphoria distinction because they don't want it treated. They don't want it looked at as a mental disorder because it's not because that's it's it's natural. If if you feel if you're a male that feels like a woman, that's natural. You are a woman. So why wouldn't you? So why is it dysphoric? That 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 is a bad connotation. Well, because you've got a fucking mental disorder. Get it treated. Get your shit straightened out. Go, go get, go get, go talk to a therapist. And if it's bad enough that you're fucking suicidal or homicidal, like the, did you see that uh, clip? Uh, there was in Australia, a, uh, a tranny went into a convenience store with a hatchet. Speaking no. of hatchets, uh, walked into a convenience store. It was in Australia. I walked into a convenience store with a an a, an axe or a hatchet, like a long handled um, axe. And uh, confronts some people or starts talking to people in line at the convenience store trying to pay for gas or whatever. And next thing you know, starts fucking swinging, like trying to murder people. This dude ends up getting fucked up by the axe. Well, we definitely need axe control in Australia. So anyways, if you are so mentally unhinged that you are suicidal or homicidal or, you know, think you're Napoleon Bonaparte, get checked into a, to a fucking institution and get your shit straightened out. Don't expect society to fucking start calling you Jesus Christ if you think you're the Messiah. Fuck you. Is that intolerant? Yes. Really? I thought it was very tolerant of me. <laughs> when I was speaking, I was thinking, boy, Crow, you're super tolerant. Yeah, because that's, that's stuff people say of you all the time. <laughs> Let's keep going here. So the three-judge panel determined that the federal judge's findings were logical and well-supported and concurred that responsible prison officials were deliberately indifferent to Edmo's gender dysphoria in violation of the Eighth Amendment, Boise State Public Radio reported. Here's a quote. Prison authorities have not provided that treatment despite full knowledge of Edmo's ongoing and extreme suffering and medical needs, the appeals court decision read. Let me ask you this. If you had a, an inmate who had a form of body dysmorphia, which exists where you think your limb doesn't belong to you. So your hand, your finger, your arm, your leg, your foot, whatever. It's not yours. It's evil. It doesn't belong there. You need to get rid of it. 
would you say that you need to bring them in and have it surgically removed for them in order to treat their their dysphoria because they're very you know they're very um upset about this and it's causing a lot of emotional stress that they don't want this limb anymore should we just go ahead and remove that limb for them is this a rhetorical question no i'm asking what you would i would remove the limb for them well they're triggered they don't feel safe i just about got up and slapped <laughs> I just about cause until I realized you were you're you were being physical. It wouldn't work because you just stood up and had to push this table right into you. <laughs> yeah, flip the table. No, all, just all the just equipment. push it right into you. Pin you right it there against the wall. Oh, okay, no, I think it, you'd be better off just trying to flip the equipment off. I'd be like, "Fuck! I paid a lot of money for this." <laughs> all right, knock over your fancy whiskey bottles. Um, no, I <clears throat> I don't know. All right, let's uh, a little bit more here. Um, the convicted child rapist has attempted self-castration on two occasions while in prison, Prison, according to the Boise State Public Radio. Oh, did you have to go there? Quote, I am relieved and grateful the court recognized my right to necessary medical treatment and that I will get the surgery I need, Edmo said in a statement. I hope my case helps the state of Idaho understand that they can't deny medical care to transgender people. Fuck you, you piece of shit molester. You, they should have just let you castrate yourself and then bleed out. But do, here, do we have to do the- do we have to keep using the C word? Castrate? Yeah. Yeah. I No, because I totally believe in castration for pieces of shit. Ugh. Rapists. Okay. Um, here, here, here's the thing. No. If you need treatment, here's the treatment you need for gender dysphoria that causes you self-harm. Then you you put them in some sort of psychological treatment. You put them in, with the person that deals with people with gender dysphoria who or people who cut themselves or people who call do self-harm and you treat them for that condition, you don't just uh, say, well, you know what? Let's just give them what they want. How dare you not let him live her best life? If I go to prison, if I get whatever. For Which some, is very possible. Poss- possible. <laughs> if I go to prison and all of a sudden I start getting a Messiah complex, I think I'm Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Do you then start treating me as Jesus Christ and saying, well, we're going to have Sunday service and all the prisoners have to come and worship Crow? Well, because you, he believes he's Jesus Christ. You better and if hope you're, if you're a Christian, you have to worship him. You better hope that there's somebody in there that doesn't think they're Pontius Pilate, or it's not going to end well for you. Ooh, Judas. Ooh, Ju- yeah, Judas. Yeah. Oh. So, so seriously. So, though. what are your thirty pieces of thirty thirty cigarettes or something? <laughs> thirty thirty breath mints. <laughs> what do you get traded to turn the? Uh, what does fake Judas need to turn fake? Uh, for fake silver to 30, turn fake Jesus. Thirty quarts of toilet wine. <laughs> <laughs> so well i guess have you ever had toilet wine no i'm not gonna then how are you gonna be disparaging of toilet wine um yeah there's just some things i can disparage right right from yeah. the jump no but i mean if uh if fake jesus can do some real miracles i might start believing okay but uh, honestly though that that's the extent we're at right now it's 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 you're feeding into delusion no honestly if fake jesus could do real miracles i would start believing Okay. Well, I'll practice my illusions. <laughs> Those but, aren't miracles. Those are just card tricks. But I, 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 that, I mean, I don't see, is that really, I, I, is that ridiculous that I bring that up? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, there's a correlation. I mean, it's, well, it, everybody's, it sense. everybody's obsessed with people living their best life. I mean, that's what you hear all the time. They're like, well, we're not letting, letting this person live their truth and all that stuff. Fine. You do whatever you want to do. Frank, if you want to be Francine, go ahead. I just don't think that I should have to pay for it. But then there's another aspect to this that 
under circumstances where a person's in prison that didn't do something extremely egregious, let's say they 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 robbed a bank but they didn't kill somebody, or they they sold drugs but they didn't sell them to kids. All right, mm-hmm. and they're in prison for that, and they've got some sort of disorder that needs to be treated. Okay, treat them. But a fucking child rapist, a pedophile, come on. Well, seriously, they deserve whatever they fucking get. And if he tried castrating himself, why did you not let him do it? Well, I think that's a self-harm thing, you know, but I, why my, my point is. There should be like an Epstein kind of thing going on with someone like this. Why are video we? Video cameras uh, uh, not working, guards falling asleep and just let it happen. Why are we paying for this person to have their surgery? You know, first of all, first of all, for me, and I've said this many times before, if if Frank wants to be Francine and wants to be called Francine, wants to dress like a woman, fine. I don't care. I don't want to pay for his gender reassignment surgery. Why should I? Why should I have to do that? Uh, it's gender affirmation surgery. Confirmation. Oh, confirmation. I like affirmation, but we're going to start calling it affirmation surgery. There we go. Um, well, yeah, I, I guess why confirmation should... because you're confirming what they really are. Yeah, or what they really think they are. No, what they really are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Living their best life. Living their um, truth. Why, why should I have to pay for it? Whether the science is settled. Restart. Whether or not they are a prisoner or not. Why should why should I have to dip them into my pocket to pay for those people? Well, uh, here's another example. If a prisoner has bad eyesight, eyes, eyesight's getting worse, do you spring for glasses or do you spring for contacts? And you know what? They don't like the color of their eyes. So can we go from green to blue or brown? Can we do that? I mean, I feel really bad that my eyes aren't brown or aren't blue and they're brown. So I do need contacts. So can we spring for the extra money it would cost to change the color to it? Make me feel better about myself. What do we get? Give me a better attitude. What do we get people serving in the military? You can have that if we don't pay for it. And and now they'll say, well, utilitarian glasses, but people say, well, they pay for gender reassignment surgery in the military. I'll go back to my, I'll go back to my original point. Why am I paying for any of that stuff? You want to do that? You go ahead and do it. I, I guess I'm. I was trying to you know, laugh about this a little bit because I'm. You can't really laugh fucking, about anything. I'm. I'm fucking infuriated about this kind of shit. This. This is where this. We are in such a fucking clown world right now that this should not even be like morally, legally, socially acceptable at all. This giving gender fucking reassignment or confirmation surgery to a fucking child rapist. Fuck you. That child rapist should be dead. Well, I mean, you can make an argument for that, too. But I guess I look at it like I don't understand why we're paying for any of it, regardless of what the crime is, whether you robbed a bank or you you molested some kids. I think you're getting you're serving the time that you were convicted of. If you robbed a bank, it's not going to be what it was if you molested children or whatever. I still think regardless you're just varying degrees of evil in that well, point. But I don't understand why in any of those cases we're paying for any well, of this stuff. Another problem I ha- or another condition I have is that there are some felons, some people in prison that will straighten them, their life out and come out of prison and be productive members of society. Cool. And they actually, I could actually advocate for that person to get voting rights back or to get rights to own guns back if they've proven that, that you know, it was a youthful indiscretion. They're totally different people when they come out. They've been rehabilitated and they are living a good life and contributing to society. I'm, I'm totally, actually, I can be convinced that that is a good thing to give them rights back and give them, you know, the ability to be a full citizen. 
child rapists, pedophiles. Nope. Fuck you. Death penalty. <laughs> this is another reason that uh, we can't let Crow rule the world because there's going to be death penalty for a lot but of most things. Most people will want me to. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> well, again, I just I don't understand why it is that we're we're paying for these things. I mean, it's like that. So the argument is that this person because they're trying to say cruel and unusual punishment is allowing a person to sit there with a medical condition that is detrimental to their well-being. Well, yeah, if they have diabetes and it's going to kill them, yeah, we're going to provide them with diabetic medication. But even if it's even if it's not someone who's in prison, why is it that if you say, you know, I'm a woman, I was born in a man's body, and I need, I need to have gender reassignment surgery? Fine, you go ahead. If you want to pay for yep, that, but you that's go not ahead. medically necessary. The thing isn't about prison. Let's say a guy has a bum knee. He's in prison. He's getting older. He's getting heavier or whatever, and he can't get around on this bum knee. What's the prison's obligation? Well, they can get him a walker or a cane, but yeah. they don't necessarily have to pay for a knee reconstruction surgery. They don't have to. He's a prisoner. Yeah. No, I agree. So. But I just, I don't understand why we're. It's this idea, I'm trying to take it even out of prison here. Why is it that people think the things that they want or they're, they believe they're entitled to that someone else has to pay for? If you want to have gender reassignment surgery, you get you go ahead because and get your surgery. Their surgery. argument, the LGBTQ plus IABBQ crowd, their argument is that in order to have a society that is accepting and not detrimental to our community, our queer quote unquote community, you have to, you have to start putting money towards this stuff in order to rectify age, age old. It's just like the, the racism argument or the slavery argument. It's like, we have to rectify age old, uh, discrimination. Um, otherwise it's just going to perpetuate. So what we have to do is we have to take taxpayer money and we have to actively kind of like prop up you know, the, the, this community and give them things to make them to offset all the horrible treatment they had in the past. Well, this is what the left does though. The left creates a, or they, they don't create, they, um, they, uh, what's the word of fabricate a problem that has to be fixed. And yes, I'll put reparations in this category because slavery was a hundred and however, 70 years ago, 180 years ago. And Unless you're talking about like the Middle East that's going on right now or yeah. it's parts well, of Africa. We, we can't say that because yeah. that's hate speech. But the idea that they create this problem, the war on the poor was a great one. You know, that, you know, post-World War II, we had to fix all this poverty. Poverty was fixing itself. And so we created this welfare state with, uh, with, uh, Johnson, with the Johnson administration in the 60s to fix this. It's made it worse. But their argument then is, yeah, but imagine how what, how bad it would have been if we didn't do something. It's always this. We all know it wouldn't have been worse. It would have been better. Same with uh, with the black family. If the government wouldn't have gotten involved with welfare and all that, um, um, we'd have much more integration and we'd have black families doing way better because they'd have an intact family well, instead of having daddy government take care of them. And there are people on the left that will say, well, you can't prove that. And I would say you're right. Other than that's where it was trending before you changed right. it. Yeah. A home ownership, business ownership, um, education levels, every, um, even just, uh, just black people used engagement, to have the, so civic engagement was better. Black people then. used to have the highest percentage of college educated people. They used to have the highest percentage of, of, uh, intact families. Yeah, but would you, yeah, but then you, you must be pro Jim Crow then because that was during those times. 
Yeah, it was the Democrats who did that too. But here's the thing. One has nothing to do with the other. Or maybe it does. Maybe the fact is they go, you know what? We don't need um, the government. We don't need the white savior to help us. We can help ourselves. Yeah. So on that note, we're running late, running long here. So Well, that's because you wouldn't shut up. But I did want to say when we were speaking about the... the last subject about the you know gender reassignment for prisoners and all that kind of shit. I just want to quote my grandma. Uh oh. Yeah. She's when it comes to this kind of stuff. She said, "Fuck them, fuck them all." <laughs> so, uh, on that note, uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us and email us uh, um, things that we should talk about, uh, stories, it would be crow at breadandcircusespodcast dot com or rooster at breadandcircusespodcast dot com. Or you can post in the comment on our Facebook page, Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you, bye.